836, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us. We have a show. It is an eclectic program, some serious stuff, some lighter stuff as befits you know, the holiday weekend, so stick around. Um, we start off today's program like we start off every program with what I call three big things, things that I think you need to discuss at the water cooler, at the gym, as you're waiting for fireworks, as you're out at your 4th of July barbecues, whatever. Um, story number one, if you have not seen the video, you really do need to. It's about a 28-second video. If you text CNN, text CNN to 414-799-1620. We, we will send you a link to the video. It is the latest tweet from the leader of the free world. Now, if you are a regular listener of this program, you know that I, I'm actually, I, I, my position on President Trump manages to irritate, well, at least a, a number of you, because I, I like some of the substance of the things that he is doing. I find his style to be off-putting, and I criticize that whenever I, I feel it is appropriate. So for the people out there who just hate, hate, hate Donald Trump and don't think he can do anything right, well, irritate them because, again, I agree with a lot of the policy things. And for the people who love, love, love Donald Trump and don't think he can do anything wrong and think he is this brilliant godhead, I irritate them when I say I can't believe that this – Guy is so thin-skinned and does stuff like that. The The other night, I was watching, over the weekend, Lincoln, which is the movie with Daniel Day-Lewis, came out a couple of years ago, which which I think is just an amazing movie. It, it's set over about a week or a week period of time where President Lincoln is trying to get the, the 13th Amendment passed. That was the amendment that abolished slavery. And, and you really get the idea of someone who appreciated the power of the office and thought things through and, you know, wanted to, uh, again, advance the interests of, of the country. It's just an amazing movie. And then, so I think about Abraham Lincoln in the Oval Office, and then I think about the, the current leader of the free world. Now, I understand that there are people out there who believe that this is all some giant master plan, that whenever Donald Trump takes to Twitter at 3 o'clock in the morning. It, it is a plan. It is a thought-out idea that he's going to advance a theory. When he takes to Twitter and goes after the obscure hosts of an MSNBC morning show that, truthfully, very few people watch and calls one of them psycho and one of them nuts and talk, starts talking about the female co-host as, you know, having a facelift and bleeding, there are some people that think that this is this calculated strategy which is designed to... I don't know, deflect media attention from the ongoing battles against health care or things like that. I, I'm sorry. I, I don't I just I, I don't think he is that clever. What I think is, again, substance of policy aside, we have a thin skinned bully in the White House who just has the impulse control of a fruit fly who decides. And I have nothing wrong with using Twitter or social media to go around or under or over the heads of the mainstream media to communicate on policy issues to the extent you can do that in 140 characters. I don't have a problem with that. And I also appreciate that I think more so than any time in history, you have a quote-unquote mainstream media, however you want to define it, that is united in its absolute visceral hatred for the occupant 
of the White House to the point that, you know, everything is, oh, this is going to end the planet. We pull out of the Paris uh, Climate Accord. This is going to end the planet. No, it's it, it's not. Oh, you know, you're going to do away with Obamacare. Suddenly you're going to have tens of t- or 20 million people who are going to die. No, that's not what's going to happen. But you've got this hysteria. So I understand, you know, if, if I were to say to President Trump, it's, it's the old thing, you know, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean people aren't out to get you. So I appreciate that people are out to get you, but you are the leader of the free world. You are sitting in the same office that Abraham Lincoln you know, occupied, or Theodore Roosevelt, or Franklin Roosevelt, or Ronald Reagan. And I have to believe that if any of them had access to Twitter, they wouldn't be sending out attacks on various, again, morning talk show hosts. So over the weekend... Um, the president sent out a, another tweet. And again, 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talking Text Line. If you text us CNN, we'll send it to you. A number of years ago, before he was president, uh, Donald Trump was, well, a, again, he, he would do things in the entertainment industry. Vince McMahon is the owner of the World Wrestling Federation. At WWF, they call it WWE now, right? They had to change it because of right, copyright things. Okay, WWE. So there's a WrestleMania event a number of years ago, and Vince McMahon, the guy who runs the wrestling league, he portrays himself. I don't know if he still does it, but at the time, he played a character. You know, He was the evil boss, and so that, that was it. And there's a sequence. Donald Trump is at WrestleMania, and there is a sequence where at the end of a match, Donald Trump does a smackdown, you know, attacks Vince McMahon, leaves him knocked out, okay, and then and then walks out. That was kind of the plot line. It was the storyline. It was staged, but okay, that's it. So this new 28-second video that is being disseminated has that clip from the old WrestleMania, except instead of Vince McMahon's head, there's like a balloon. There's a balloon that says CNN on it. So the video shows now President Trump beating up on a character that is purportedly the mainstream media. It says CNN. All right. I have literally, you do not have to do this. I did it for you. I have in front of me a stack of paper, which is at least an inch high. One story after another. Trump tweets video of him wrestling down CNN. This is the New York Times. Trump treats, tweets a video of him wrestling CNN to the ground. Um, one headline after another. Um, President Trump locks heads with news media in a social media first. Um, White House battles backlash after Trump tweets slam of CNN. Media organizations criticize Trump for tweeting mock video of himself pummeling CNN. All right. Now, th- there's two schools of thought here. On the one side... You have a number of people, particularly in the media, thinking that by tweeting this out, he is encouraging people to commit acts of violence against members of the media, and they are outraged. Um, On the other hand, you have the president's supporters who are saying, oh, this is all in good fun, and this is just the president's way of, uh, again, mocking the mainstream media that is is out to get him. 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I have some very strong opinions on this, but I want to hear what you think. All right. It is Monday. It is the 3rd of July. President Trump is in the news. Your reaction to the video that he has now sent out via Twitter to however you know tens of millions of followers he, have, he has showing him apparently body slamming CNN. Did he cross a line here? 
Does the media deserve what it's getting? Um, is this presidential? Your reaction, 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We are back to discuss next. If you're on the line, hold on. It's 844. This is Jeff Wagner. It's 846, Jeff Wagner, 620, WTMJ, 414-799-1620. That is our number. Also, if you if you want to see the video that everyone is talking about today, you can text, simply text CNN to that number, 414-799-1620, and we'll send you the link. 414-799-1620, it's number. Uh, let's start with Pete in Madison. Pete, you're first. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Happy 4th. Ha- happy 4th to you, sir. All right, what, what do you think... All right, the leader of I the think free it's world. One of the most disgusting things I've ever seen, and it's hard to imagine anything more disgusting than the previous thing he did. If a person did that in a company, they would be fired so quickly. If your child did that or your grandchild did that, they would be reprimanded. You would take their and, phone away from them. <laughs> oh, it, it is the most incredible thing, and the problem is we have lowered the bar so badly. This is the new normal. I mean. This is a man who said, I could stand in Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and nobody would even notice. And this is truly, and it's ironic that it be the eve of the start of our country. And you think of all of the, I just passed the VA cemetery. And you see all those white headstones. And you see all these people, like my father, who fought in the Battle of the Bulge. For this, mm-hmm. this man has no right to be in that office do you let me ask let me ask you this pete do you think now there are some people that are arguing that they think this is designed to encourage members of the general public to commit acts of violence against reporters do you interpret it that way no i really don't i i don't think i don't think that deeply into it i think you have a child in the white house and i think the scary thing is when something actually happens that is going to demand a steady hand. Why would anyone believe that this man would be the person that we should follow? Got it. Okay, thanks for the call. And I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I want to get to as many calls as we can. I, I actually, I, I agree. First of all, the, the hysteria, let me let me just say this, the, the, the hysteria, this, oh, Trump is encouraging members of the, the general public to go out and, and beat members of the news media. And that this is a call for violence. I think that is hysterical. I, I mean, hysterical as in, as in an hysterical reaction to this. Um, I, I don't I don't see that as this at all. I mean, the, the idea is this is a cartoonish type of thing. It is Donald Trump trying to make a point here. I'm 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 going after the fake news network. I think for anybody to interpret this as a call for violence against members of the media, they need to get a grip. Having said that, though, I I, I agree with at least some of the things that Pete was saying. This, the president is the leader of the free world, all right? You have to display more than the impulse control of a fruit fly. And and this idea that we're going to get into peeing matches with obscure talk show hosts, no offense to, you know, whoever's on, you know, Morning Joe, or, or this idea that we're going to, I don't know, show the leader of the free world participating as kind of a caricature at a professional wrestling match, it diminishes the stature of the office. And again, I whether it's Abraham Lincoln or Theodore Roosevelt or Franklin Roosevelt, regardless of how you felt about their policies, or Ronald Reagan, I mean, really, 
this is the image that you want to have, you know, you wrestling around with an embodiment of the news media. I, I think also for 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 a lot of people who are in the middle of the road, I'm not talking about the people who love, love, love the president or the hardcore people who hate, hate, hate the president. I'm talking about the people who love this country and, you know, want to see the president succeed. This is an off-putting sort of thing. You wonder what's going on here because normal people – Normal people do not behave this way, okay? Normal people do not. CEOs of companies do not behave in this fashion. 414-799-1620. Doug on the east side. Doug, good morning. Good morning. I look at this from this perspective. I'm a former military officer, and and having received training and things, there was a a mantra that they used, and that's called conduct unbecoming an officer. And that's exactly what this is. Um, I, I agree with you that it's not inciting violence. We all know it's just kind of a, a childish, cartoonish thing, as, as the other caller said and you've said. But this isn't appropriate, and it, it reflects an image of our country across the world that is horrible. Yeah, you know, you raise an interesting point, Doug, because, matter of fact, for the last couple of days, I've, had, I've been walking around with this topic about how th- there's all these polls in all these different countries showing how, since President Trump took over, respect for the United States has decreased. And, and, and 22%. Yeah, and see, and, and see, some of that is kind of like a, a who cares because, all right, if, 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 we're, if we're deciding to put America first in something, okay, you can live with that. But at the same time, this is the leader of the free world. You, you look, he makes himself look like a buffoon to, I'm trying to picture, you know, somebody sitting in Germany or somebody sitting in Great Britain or Spain or Italy or France or, you know, any of our other allies looking at this and saying, this is the message that the leader of the free world is sending out? I mean, it's, it's mind-boggling. It, it, you, for, for conduct like this, I really think an officer would have been dem- at least demoted. And, <laughs> and that's the problem here. If he's in a different position, if he wants to be an entertainer or something else, that's fine. I don't have a problem with it, and I do not consider this right. you know, condoning violence or anything like that. But not in the position he's in and not with the serious issues facing our country right now including about to go meet with Vladimir Putin. Right. I, so yeah, yeah. why is he thinking about this? Why is he caring about, you know, the right. morning Joe Mika right. lady? That doesn't matter uh, right, right now. Right, exactly. I think, but, I mean, now, again, some people, and some people think that this is this incredible, you know, double reverse um, Machiavellian strategy that the president does this and it, it detracts from, all right, now now we've switched the attention because this is all everybody's going to be talking about for two days and you're going to get health care done. Well, the truth is it, it doesn't because, for example, after the Morning Joe flap last week, any time a Republican senator or a Republican congressman surfaced, nobody's talking about substantive issues. They're being grilled on, you know, what do you think about the president's tweet? And, I mean, this is – look, this is – and you wonder if – if he wonders why he is a victim, a target of parody on Saturday Night Live, well, all right, some of that might be unfair, but some of it is this type of stuff, for goodness sakes. 414-799-1620. Let's talk to Kelly in West Bend. Kelly, good morning. Hi, Jeff. Thanks Hi, Kelly. for taking my call. Sure. You know, when I first saw this, I thought, this is a joke. This is something that somebody else put together. Right. <laughs> and then when I heard that it was the president, I, I couldn't I couldn't hardly believe it. And I, I'm a Trump supporter i want to support him more but 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 it's disrespectful to the presidency it's disrespectful to the country for the people that work with him uh you won you you just need to get get the work done 
right. forget everything else and move on. Well, yeah, I, I mean, look, and, and I understand that he he's he, he gets he get. I think you can argue successfully that there's a, that a lot of the coverage of him is grossly unfair. But it's like you're saying he won. You know, he won for goodness sakes. I think at some point in time, you just have to move on instead of engaging in these sort of childish feuds. And and that's what it is. It's just, Kelly, I mean, I saw a headline last week. It says it's not normal. And the truth is, it isn't normal. It's just not. No, and and let the media do what they do best. And, And that is to make, they're very transparent. Everybody knows exactly what they're getting from the mainstream media. They're going to sink themselves. The president doesn't need to try to do it for them, right? Because he he ends up he ends up leaving himself open to ridicule when he does things like this. He makes himself look ridiculous. And what's the line from the old movie, The Godfather? You know, a man in my position can't be made to look ridiculous. Well, he's making himself look ridiculous. At least I think. Yeah, it's very disheartening. Um, I I do, too. Yes, I wish it would stop. Thanks for the call. I I do. I wish it would stop. Okay, we're going to continue this conversation. A lot of people want to weigh in. If you want to see the video we're talking about, it's only about 28 seconds long. If you text text CNN, it's not a word, just text CNN to 414-799-1620. We will send it to you. All right, I just, I don't think it's inciting violence. I think that's an overreaction. But, my God, is he nuts? We continue the conversation. It's 855. This is Jeff Wagner. It's 909. This is Jeff Wagner. All right. This, we're talking, of course, about the, the latest Donald Trump tweet. It's a 12-year-old video where he appeared at WrestleMania. He body slams Vince McMahon, the character being played by Vince McMahon. The tweet, um, instead of Vince McMahon, though, it shows a, a balloon that says CNN over it. And this is the president of the United States that circulates this. Now, in the context of a... Of, of a tale of two cities, different perspectives. Let me just share two tweets with you um, on our WTMJ uh, text line. Uh, Mike Fond du Lac says, Jeff, every time President Trump does something like this, I keep thinking back to his promise and his theme about making America great again. There is nothing in messages like this, tweets like this, that make America great again. It does just the opposite because he diminishes the stature of the office of the president of the greatest country in the world and the leader of the free world. Okay, so that's... Um, that is one perspective. Let me find the other one here. Um, all right, Jeff, uh, let's see. The mainstream media doesn't mention Trump's accomplishments ever. CNN is in full attack mode and will never stop attacking Trump. Who cares if Trump puts a parody video on Twitter? Stop whining. The video came from 12 years ago when Trump slammed Vince McMahon to the mat. That's why it's so funny, because he knows the media will play and talk about him for days. The media worries about Twitter. Get over it. Go, Trump. Happy 4th, 414-799-1620. Jack in Delafield. Jack, good morning. Good morning. All right, what do you think? I I got two views. Diminishes the office as the president, or who cares about this? It's funny. It's the president uh, fighting back against an evil media. I think I have, in reference to that, uh, a couple of comments. Number one, that the president's role isn't to be a comedian. Um, It's Mm -hmm. not to spend his time going and tweeting or demeaning other people. Number two, you had mentioned earlier the issue of condoning violence yep. against reporters. And I guess I look at it not in terms of condoning or not condoning, but more along the lines of accepting it and not, as long as you have the bully pulpit, mm-hmm. being able to come out and condemn violence against people. Yeah. Um, but he's not using that. It's now, was he condoning it? Or not. Right. 
right. me that's not relevant. The other part that I, I listen to, and I'm not a Republican, I'm more of an independent from a far-left mm-hmm. liberal, um, but I hear every week, every two weeks, Trump did this, Trump did that, and you see it. You see it on TV, you see what he did, and we don't look at the pattern of behavior. We look at this is a discrete behavior, right. a discrete instance. What, right, right. What, what, is the, right, what is the story du jour? What was the tweet this week, and then by next week there's one that's arguably even more outrageous that you forget about right. what the first one was? Sure. Right. So we say, well, we're encouraging him not to tweet. That's not going to work. I mean, he has no. shown on uh, anything from... No, no, you're, you're right. I, right. I, I don't think there's anybody short of hiding his phone from him. I don't think right. that there's any. I don't think that there's. I don't think he listens to anybody. I, I do agree with you on that. And I guess the part that I, I have issue with is that while many people express outrage about that, both Republicans and Democrats, I'm not hearing any type of addressing that with him. Well, I don't think there's anybody. I mean, I just don't think he listens. I mean, he he says. I mean, he he comes out repeatedly says he's he's not going to stop using Twitter. This is his way of communicating with the masses. He can go, like I say, over above around the mainstream media. And I guess I, Jack, to me, if 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 we were talking about policy issues, I mean, Ronald Reagan used to talk around the mainstream media. I mean, I, I appreciate right. social media is out there now, and you can communicate on on substantive issues, but. That's not, gee, the, the woman who's the co-host on Morning Joe showed up and had a facelift and was bleeding. What are you talking about? Now, thanks to, I mean, see, that's, that's you know, what's a little concerning to me. Mitch uh, says, I joked during the primaries that Trump was a Trojan horse wheeled in to ultimately destroy the GOP. Now I'm not sure it's a joke. Can you imagine how hard he's making it for Congress to pass any meaningful re- legislation? Take a deep breath, though. He isn't going to change. All right. Uh, Roger in McGuanago. Roger, good morning. Uh, yes. Uh, basically... I did not vote for Trump. I did not vote for Hillary, but I did vote for uh, president. And my attitude on this is, I don't really care. Um, this is this is all star wrestling, and if, if anybody equates this to uh, violence, I mean, come on. Right, I, I agree. I agree with you on that. Right, it's this a is... joke. It's uh, you know, but you know, there is got to be some merit to poking the bear. You know, uh, CNN. I'm sure he fished him in on this one, and this this out of anyone was was probably the the latest one he's ever done and people are getting outraged over this one. Do you uh, think it do you think it is beneath the office of the president to do this kind of stuff? You know, it is, but this is what we got. Uh, you know, people, you know, his base is, is loving this. You know, yep. this is oh, yeah. you know, it's it's 2017. It's not 1980 anymore. Uh, so unfortunately, uh, but yeah, yeah. See, I guess I, I'm, he's a one-termer, though. <laughs> well, you, you think? I would say, why, I'm, I'm just curious. Why do you think that necessarily? Because um, basically, all right, his base is going to be there. But all right, anybody who's conservative, I mean, I'm hearing on you know, on your callers. Yeah, uh, they're the ones that aren't going to put them over the top. Now that means either it means uh, right. he doesn't make even uh, even the first round. I mean, that's possible. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I think. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I think. I'm I mean, old out. Yeah. I, I, think, I want the. Um, I want Paul Ryan by far. So <laughs> thanks, that's, that's well, what th- I voted for. Right. Well, thanks for. I mean, I think. I mean, the, the truth is, 
you know, I, I mean, as a matter of fact, I saw the story about more people signing on for impeachment. Okay, look, I- impeachment isn't going to happen unless there's something that nobody, you're, you're not going to impeach somebody for sending out tweets. I mean, so that's just, that's a silly pipe dream. By the way, Congress is controlled by Republicans, so the only way you would ever have impeachment is if the there's such a bloodbath in the 2018 elections that you have Democrats who you know end up winning with overwhelming majorities. And I, I honestly, I don't think that's going to happen. Democrats in the U.S. Senate, um, they're the ones that are playing. You know, they're, they're they're the ones that are playing defense. It's a very very good Senate map for Republicans. I think chances are they might actually pick up a couple seats. You know, the House, who knows? But, look, I don't think impeachment is going to happen. So, I mean, I, I think that, you know, he's going to complete his term. I guess to me the issue, though, is, you know, is there going to be longstanding damage to the office of the President of the United States, the office of the presidency, which, candidly, I care more about than whoever the, the temporary occupant of it is. Mark in Whitewater. Mark, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Hey, Jeff. Happy Fourth of July. Same to you, sir. Um, what I don't get is, why doesn't Reince and Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell ask for a meeting with the president and just say, enough is enough? I mean, you know. Right. <laughs> that's because, all I want. Yeah. Because you think want. he would listen? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you know, I, I don't know. No, I don't. He's, he's not a listen. I mean, you know, they've got to convince this guy. He really needs to stop. I, well, th- thanks. I mean, I, I, I see. I don't disagree with you, but I gotta believe that those meetings have been happening. I, I gotta believe that there's all sorts of people saying, "Mr. President, what's going on here?" And I just don't. He he marches to his own drummer, and, and I think that's just kind of the reality. It's it's not going to stop. He had, and, and you know, you saw this in the campaign for everybody who was a Trump supporter. You knew what you were getting. I mean, can, can you imagine? I mean, seriously, Hillary Clinton is probably the only major candidate that could have lost to Donald Trump. What does that say about how awful a candidate she was? But you, you saw this during, I mean, you saw this during the campaign with all the, the bullying, the lying Ted Cruz and, you know, little so-and-so, little Marco, Marco and all that type of stuff. That's, this is who this guy is. And again, I, I admit, I irritate people on both sides because if you're an, if you're a hate trumper, you hate everything that he does. You can't give the guy any sort of credit at all. And if you're a love trumper, you can't understand that this this behavior is again not normal. Um, and if you're where I think the most majority of the country is, people who are sort of in the middle of the road who want to succeed, maybe conservative leaning, you go, gosh, what sort of damage is this doing? I mean, seriously, over the Fourth of July, if you have access, watch Lincoln. Watch Lincoln. Watch this movie about, you know, the 13th Amendment and and watch Lincoln. And then, I mean, I understand it's not, you know, 1860. I understand it's, you know, 2017. But, man, we've really traveled a long way. It's 918. Big thing number two is coming up. Stick around. It's 921, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Why are some neighbors and area communities putting up a fight over the annual fireworks traditions tied to tomorrow's holiday? Find out during Scafidi and Billstat. That is 12.07 this afternoon. All right, we got a lot of stuff coming up on today's program. Um, a little bit later on, a couple calls Uber and claims that they were taken for a ride. It is an absolutely amazing story. Right now we're in the middle of our three big things. Big thing number two, the budget impasse continues. Uh, this, as a conservative, and as somebody who has, I don't know, championed Republican causes for a long, long time, 
I, I just, this is embarrassing. Most, the, the state budget, there was supposed to be a state budget that was done and on the governor's desk by last Friday. Now, it's not the end of the world. It's not like uh, like the federal budget where the federal government technically runs out of money. Um, the state of Wisconsin, the budget continues. So there's not this degree of urgency. You just continue with last year's funding level. So it's not like the government is going to shut down in any sort of meaningful form. But But we don't have a budget. And the budget was supposed to be done by Friday. Now, a lot of times you have a budget impasse because you have control that is split. Maybe you have Democrats that control the state Senate and Republicans that control the state assembly, and they can't agree on a budget. Or maybe you have you know, Democrats that control the assembly and the Senate, but you've got a Republican governor. So there, there's this tension. Right? We don't have that in Wisconsin. In Wisconsin, there are overwhelming Republican majorities. There's, what, 33 members of the Senate, 20. 20 are Republicans. You have a working number. In the state assembly, there's 60-some Republicans. There's an overwhelming majority. So you would think that you would be able to get an agreement. But we don't have a budget agreement, primarily because of transportation. The governor, the governor believes that Republicans did not get sent to Madison to raise taxes. So he's been pretty much, I'm not raising taxes. And some of the ideas that are floated around, toll roads and things like that, that that's not an immediate solution. Even if you went to toll roads, that's five or ten years down the road, and I think lots of court challenges. So that's not a practical type of thing. The Senate has said, we're with the governor. You know, we are not increasing taxes, period. Case closed. And we're just going to, what we're going to do is we're going to borrow. We figure that we can do reasonable borrowing. And borrowing isn't bad. The example I always give, you wouldn't have, if nobody would own their own houses if you didn't take out mortgages. Most people wouldn't be able to buy cars if you didn't take out car loans. Borrowing in and of itself is not bad. What's bad is if you borrow unreasonably. And I, I think the governor and the members of the U.S., uh, the state Senate believe, okay, we can do reasonable borrowing. The assembly, which is, Tied more directly, I want to think, to the road builders, um, they've been coming up with one idea after another to increase taxes, saying, okay, the big picture is we need to generate more money. So they've looked at things like a gas tax or increasing the gas tax or let's put the sales tax on top of um, on, on top of the, the gas tax, all of which results in, again, in tax increases. The governor has said no. The state Senate has said no, but the Assembly continues to blast ahead. The latest idea comes from a member of the Assembly who says, okay, all right, we, we recognize it's politically difficult to increase the gas tax, so what let's do is let's increase the tax on, on trucks. Let, let's go after heavy trucks. Now, heavy trucks already pay a lot more in registration fees, but the argument is, number one, we can go after the heavy trucks because that's really only a small percentage of people that are affected. Lots of people won't care. Number two, heavy trucks do more, have greater use of the roads, so theoretically they should pay more. But, of course, with registration fees, they already do pay more. Over the weekend, five members of the state Senate come out and say, no, we're not going to impose a truck tax. So that means... You know, you don't have enough Republican votes in the state Senate to pass a bill that has a tax in it. The tax, and I've been trying to think about this over the last several days, the heavy truck tax is a bad idea. First of all, 
it is going to hurt Wisconsin business because you will have trucking companies that will try to figure out ways to circumvent Wisconsin. Secondly, um, it's going to be passed on. So, I mean, is it a direct tax on consumers? No, but it's an indirect tax. I mean, what happens is when gas prices go up, for example, the cost of goods that we pay for, or if you have somebody that cuts your lawn, you know, you, you pay more because the business has to pay more. And if you don't think impa- imposing a tax on heavy trucks is not going to be passed on to consumers, my advice is be sure that you tuck your shoulder when you fall off the back of the turnip truck because I don't want you to hurt yourself. So th- this is the assembly is just hell-bent on trying to raise taxes for reasons that, again, some people think it's political. It's trying to curry favor with the road builders. If you want to be more charitable, it's saying, okay, we want to obtain more sustainable funding sources. This is not the time to do that. It's just not. And I think for the majority of members of the state assembly, you need to get control of your leadership. And you need to say, we've got to get a budget done. And, you know, over the next couple of years, we can explore looking at if we want to raise taxes. And we've got elections coming up in 2018. And we as Republicans, if we want to run for reelection on a platform that we are going to increase the gasoline tax, I would then say go with God if you want to do that. But right now you've got the governor and the state senate that says no more state taxes, I think, Clearly, this is something that should happen. This budget should have been done. It is time for Robin Voss and the other leadership in the state assembly to get off their butts and pass a no-tax increase budget. If they can't do it, it is time for responsible members of the state assembly, and you know who you are. We can start naming names to say to your leadership, look, if you're not going to do the right thing, if you're not going to get us past this, well, maybe it's time for new leadership. Just saying. Gas tax on increased fee for heavy trucks. It is dead on arrival. Time to move on. It is 928 coming up in just a couple minutes. Fireworks etiquette. Stick around. This is Jeff Wagner. It's 935. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. So glad to be having you spending your 3rd of July with us. What was it like to fight in the heavy combat zones of Vietnam? How did the local Vietnamese people treat our soldier? These tales are part of their stories. The Stars and Stripe Honor Flight Podcast up now at WTMJ.com and on the WTMJ mobile app. It's it's funny. I am one of my one of my golfing buddies, my dear friend Mike. We were um got rained out after nine holes yesterday, so one of the rules is it never rains in taverns. So, you know, we, we stopped off for a beer on the way back and um actually he did two tours of two uh duty in Vietnam and I was I, I'm just as somebody who was too young for that, I was um he doesn't talk about it, but he'll answer questions about it. So we had a little bit of discussion about that that entire environment stuff. But uh, yeah, check out these tales, their stories, the Stars and Stripes Honor Flight Podcast, up now at WTMJ.com and on the WTMJ mobile app. Hey, while you're on that page, um, you can download the podcast of this show. We post it every day, and I know a lot of people do, so you can take me along with you when you're on your walks or whatever. All right, big story number three, fireworks etiquette. Let me back into this one. Back in the day, in another life, I used to work at the uh, old federal building, 517 East Wisconsin Avenue. And when we had the circus parade, if you are of a certain age, you will remember that. Circus parade's been gone for a while now. But for it used to be a really, really big thing. They would have it every year, kind of in the middle of July. 
um, and and the circus parade would start. They, they'd set up camp down at the lakefront, and they they'd start and they'd go down. You know, they'd go west up to like on like I want to say Kilbourne could have been wrong. And then they then they'd come back down. And they'd come back down Wisconsin Avenue, and prime prime viewing space was. Um, right in front of the old federal building where, where I where I worked at. And I can remember that the week of the circus parade, people would start putting crap, and I use that word advisedly, they'd start putting crap out on the streets, theoretically to hold places. For example, there were parking meters or there were lampposts, and, and it, it really... What people would do is on the Tuesday, the circuit parade was on a Sunday. On a Tuesday, people would come out and they they take like a lawn chair and they and a bicycle lock, bicycle chain, and they'd lock it like their lawn chair around a lamppost or a street sign or something like that. And their their theory would be this will hold the spot for me. So if the circus parade starts at one o'clock on Sunday, I can put this this out here. You know, in, in on Monday afternoon, and that will save my space for the following Sunday. Well, I, I will tell you that the streets of the city of Milwaukee looked like a hurricane had hit, or a tornado had hit a Walmart. I mean, there was every you know piece of junk all up and down the streets. And then there was, and and people then it would lead to fights because what would happen is, you know, on on Sunday at the time of the circus parade, people would come down there. And, you know, their, their stuff had been moved or there were people sitting in it or whatever. And then they'd say, "Yeah, no, I saved this spot. And you'd have all these different arguments. One year, the former police chief of Milwaukee, Arthur Jones, and I don't have very much to say about good about the tenure of Arthur Jones. But one year, he just said enough was enough. And he had the cops just um, like on a Wednesday or Thursday night, just go up and down the streets and they, they clean the streets of all this garbage. You know, they they cut the locks off. They, I mean, you know, if you have a, a you know, a, a crappy lawn chair that is bicycle chained locked to a street light, they, they removed it. And then everybody was up in arms on that. Now, we don't have that problem so much now for the circus parade, but it does play out in other areas. For many, not all, municipalities, you're going to have the fireworks on, on the 4th of July in the various parks. I mean, I, I don't have to deal with this because I have a dear friend who lives, um, they live your friends who live about a block south of one of the parks where they shoot off fireworks. So we just go over to their house and you can go out in their backyard and you get a good view of the fireworks. Plus they've got bathrooms. So you don't have to deal with any of that stuff. But but at areas where there's either parades or there are fireworks, um, actually starting over this weekend, in some communities where they don't have regulations, people will, will, will already or have already put out stuff. Lawn chairs, blankets, whatever, in anticipation of, again, the parade on the 4th of July or the fireworks on the evening of the 4th of July. If you were watching television last night, you know that there's all sorts of people who started camping out at the lakefront on last evening with the idea or actually starting actually during the day yesterday with the idea that they're going to be you know they want their prime spots to watch the fireworks you know tonight from the lakefront and you see all sorts of people who who set up tents and they're there but in addition to setting up tents what they do is they have this yellow police tape and so they block off all this additional space so you've got people who are quote unquote reserving space 
so that other people can come down and, and join them. But it's it's more space than any one particular person can use. It's just, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna block this off and I'm gonna put up this tape and this is going to be my space. All right, four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, I know a lot of communities have already started setting up rules as to when you can put stuff out and reserve spaces. This might be controversial, but to me, just throwing a blanket on the ground or putting up a couple chairs and not staying with it, to me, you don't get squatters' rights. Now, it's one thing if you decide, hey, I want to watch the fireworks, and I'm going to go out, and I'm going to put a blanket, I'm going to put a couple lawn chairs, and I'm going to stay with it. Or I want to watch the parade, so I'm going to put out my my lawn chair, uh, and I'm going to sit with it. It's one thing to me if you are there reserving it. But just the idea that you can put out a blanket or put out, you know, furniture or whatever, and that that should hold your spot for 24 or 36 hours, I, I don't buy that. I mean, I think, number one, you have to be with it, or you should be with it, if you expect to reserve that space. That's number one. Number two... This idea that you can just reserve large amounts of space by putting out uh, police tape, well, I, I, I don't know. Maybe we're just a polite society, but I have I have issues with, with that as well. I mean, I this idea that you can just go down, for example, for the 3rd of July fireworks and rope off large areas of vacant space and claim it as yours, um, I'm not sure that I necessarily buy that. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. All right. If you should you just be able to reserve space without sitting there? I think no. Let's start with Bruno in Brookfield. Bruno, you're on six twenty WTMJ. Good morning. Should you just be able to? Bruno, got to turn down your radio. Hi. Hi, Jeff. I was just cutting across town through Brookfield on Calhoun Road, and when I came up to Gebhardt Road, mm-hmm. on my right is the Brookfield City Hall where the parade is. Right. And I noticed the string stretched out in an X in one area, the little garden stakes in another area. Then there was an older couple, and they were pounding stakes through a sheet. And I kept driving, you know, another half a block up, and I noticed a police car had his lights on. And so I went in the left lane to go around him, and then he was stopped talking to a young guy and his three kids. And they were like, what? What with their hands up? Like, I think he might have been telling them, you can't do this here. Right. Because there was probably 13 or 14, you know, like you said, quote, areas marked off. This <laughs> right. is my spot. Right, and they weren't going to stay. With, so you, the stuff you were saying, people weren't there. They had just thrown out their lawn chair or their space or their or their police tape or whatever. And so theoretically, they think they can show up 20 minutes before the parade and have that space. Exactly. It looked like remnants from a rummage sale. <laughs> yeah. Okay, th- thanks. See, right. I, I, thanks. No, see, I, I wouldn't. I mean, I understand there's kind of like this squatter's rights and this idea that you should be able to set that stuff up. I'm sorry. I don't. I think that just because you throw out a blanket or you, know, you put up some police tape. Now, I understand it's a tougher question you know, down at the lakefront on the 3rd when you have these people that reserve the space or, or mark off the space, but you've got people that are there at least. At a minimum, I think if I think you need to be there. And this idea that, okay, if the parade is... 
24 hours from now, okay, let's say, the, I don't know what time the Brookfield Parade starts tomorrow, but let's say it, it kicks off tomorrow at uh, 10 o'clock. This idea that you can go out more than 24 hours beforehand, throw crap on the sidewalk, and then expect that you can come back tomorrow, 24 hours later, and nobody else is going to be standing there. I, I just don't buy squatters' rights. 414-799-1620, that is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, by just putting down stuff in advance of a parade, a day in advance, two days in advance, and not staying with it, do you reserve that space? How do you think we should handle it? We continue the conversation next. If you're on the line, please hold on. Big thing number three, it's fireworks etiquette on the July uh, 4th holiday. 944, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. It's 947, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Nevada is now the fifth state in the nation to legalize the recreational use of marijuana. Could this trend ever gain enough momentum that Wisconsin lawmakers consider the idea here in the Badger State? Discuss with Scafidi and Billstead. That is coming up at 1215 today. Yes, um, starting over the weekend, you can now buy pot legally in Nevada, including in Las Vegas. There is a catch, though. Um, And so, actually, on the Strip... I was looking at a story on this. They now have – they got head shops. <laughs> they have places that you can go and, and buy marijuana. However, the way the law works is that you, you have to consume the marijuana in a private residence. It's illegal to smoke pot in public. It's illegal to smoke pot in casinos or in hotels. So if you're a conventioneer, say, okay, you're visiting Las Vegas or whatever – and you, you buy the pot and you bring it back to your hotel room, it's illegal. It's still illegal to do it. Now, how aggressively they enforce that, I don't know, but it's going to be interesting. Okay, 414-799-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, I have a – This is. I admit this is kind of one of my pet peeves. You see this ca- happen every year. And in some cases, if there's not ordinances, it's earlier and earlier that people put out stuff in an effort to try to reserve their space for the the 4th of July fireworks or the 4th of July parades. And look, I, I think it's great. I think it is quintessential Americana. I think it's incredible that people do it. But at the same time, I think, for example, if the parade... Let's say the parade. You want to reserve it for the you know Apple Jam Turnaround Community Parade. Uh, the 4th of July parade kicks off at 10 o'clock tomorrow on the 4th of July. It is 949 on the 3rd. This idea that you can go out to downtown Apple Jam Turnaround, put a blanket on the street, and then expect if you come back there 10 minutes before the parade tomorrow that that blanket is going to be there and you have reserved your space um, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, if you want to, if you want to sit with something, all right, you decide, you know, I'm going to go there and I'm going to sit and I'm going to reserve my space and I'm going to put out the two or three lawn chairs and I'm going to sit here and we're going to like sort of where you see the stories about the people who stand in line to, I don't know, get in for the best deals on Black Friday or Brewers tickets, opening day tickets are going on sale. So you have people that camp out, you know, the night before so they can be first in line. Okay, they, they have to be there. You, you can't just show up outside Miller Park. If the tickets for, you know, the season are going on sale at, at 8 a.m. on a Saturday morning, you can't just go out to Miller Park, put down a lawn chair on Thursday, and expect that that's going to save your place in line. 414-799-1620. Jim in Waukesha. Jim, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. And good morning to you, sir. What do you think? Uh, 
I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Uh, that, you know, we don't want the junk there. Right. But I, I, I would like to just raise a question. Okay. Let's assume you live on the street where the parade is occurring. Example, uh, around 91st and North Avenue. Okay. There's a lot of apartments there. Okay. And, and the folks live there and they face, they face okay. North Avenue. So, how do you claim your area if you if you got everybody else camping out there? Well, I guess that's it. See, and now to me, okay. So uh, again, to me, okay, you're talking about so it's a street where, like like my house too, in my neighborhood, I have a sidewalk in front of my house. Yeah. Um, I I think, for example, if it's my front lawn or the front lawn of the apartment building, I I want to go in. I mean, that's something different. I mean, if I want to put a blanket out on my front lawn, that's something else. But I I don't think just because I live. In front of, just because there's a sidewalk in front of my house, I don't think I have a right to go just put a blanket out on that sidewalk, for example, on the public walkway, right. and think that's going to claim myself. That that's, I guess, how I would I would kind of handle it. Does that I make guess sense? I'm with you. Okay, good. <laughs> no, th- I mean again, again, I mean again, I don't think just because I live in front of, just because I have a sidewalk in front of my house doesn't mean that I think I've got special rights to that particular sidewalk. Now, my front lawn is different. Now, I don't, I mean, if, if the parade is going past and I want to, you know, again, put out a lawn chair on my front lawn, okay, that's my front lawn. That's that's different. But just because, I mean, the public sidewalks, I, I also think, to, look, I don't want to overblow this, but I think from a, a public safety perspective, that's what I, I always thought when people did this stuff with the circus parade downtown. I was thinking, okay, what if there was ever... What if there was ever a fire? Or, or what if, I mean, and again, you, you had, you know, what if there was an emergency type of situation? Or, or what happens if somebody just walking down the public sidewalk trips over somebody's crap that's out there, you know, their lawn chair that's, again, bicycle chained to a lamppost, and trips and falls and cuts their head or breaks their leg or whatever? You know, where is where is the liability? Let's talk to Ron in Plymouth. Ron, you're on 620 BTMJ. Good morning. Good morning. I uh, just wanted to make you aware, Sheboygan has an ordinance that seems to work pretty well. Uh, tomorrow is the 4th of July, so if you want to watch the parade tomorrow at 9, 9 a.m., right. you can put your blanket out or your tarp at 5 a.m. tomorrow, but not before. If right. you want to watch the fireworks tomorrow night at 9.30, you can put your blankets out also at 5 a.m. tomorrow with your name on or whatever. It seems to work real orderly. Okay, so what you're saying is you can, and you don't have to stay with it, so you can go... 5 a.m. tomorrow, you can put, you can throw a blanket down on on the on the sidewalk, and and you don't have to stay with it. People will honor that blanket, right? And many people will put a tarp or a blanket with masking tape with their name on or whatever. But there's just never any fights or struggles or arguments. The police will uh, ticket you if you do try to do it tonight. You know, they don't want to ticket you. They just pick up right. your lawn chairs and your blankets, and they'll take them. Right. So, so what you're, I guess so. So people are polite in Sheboygan, and if you're real hardcore, you have to be out there at 5 a.m. <laughs> right. There's yeah. a lot of people out there. Yeah. No, I I believe. Well, thank. See, I, I would imagine. I mean, thanks. For, I guess in in that scenario, see, I would imagine. I would imagine most people would stay. I mean, I, I guess, and again, I don't have an issue if if the local community allows you to put out stuff and reserve spaces. My big issue is is throwing the crap down there and then walking away and expecting that it's going to you know it's going to be there when you come back you know two days later. Like I say, my guess is a lot of people at five in the morning, if the parade is at nine, you're you're going to be out there. I mean, somebody's going to be out there. I mean, I 
maybe maybe I'm just overstating it, but I guess I wouldn't if I got up at if I got up at four thirty in the morning or whatever to put the stuff out there. Chances are I would probably stay with it as opposed to trying to go back. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty is the number. Dan in Wauwatosa. Dan, good morning. Well, good morning. Um, I have a little bit of a different perspective on that, seeing that I'm the parade chairman for that parade. Okay. Um, We never had that rule until about 10 years ago. And what happened was two things. One, the businesses started complaining because... People can't get into the business. Yeah. (laughs) People can't get into the business. Um, People were actually chaining uh, chairs to bus stops. People couldn't (laughs) even get on and off the buses. The other thing is, about 10 years ago, we had a very bad storm move through right away, about 6 or 7 o'clock in the morning. Right. And all those aluminum chairs became weapons. Um, right. They, were blowing, a, they yeah. were blowing across the street, and if you happened to be in, in the way of one of them, you could have very uh, easily been injured. So the city fathers uh, decided that no more putting uh, right. blankets or chairs out. There were blankets and chairs out there on July 1st already. Oh, yeah. It wasn't just the night before. It was two or three days before. Right, kind of like the circus parade used to be, as I was talking about, with downtown, where people would put stuff out a week before, yeah. Exactly. Uh, Now, if you put out a chair at 10 o'clock the night before and you sit in that chair, they're not going to chase you away. Yeah. Because that's your right to be there. But don't put 10 chairs out, tie them together, and walk away. Uh, the city will remove them. Right. Now that you're talking about Wauwatosa's. Where, I'm right, talking right, about Prater. the Wauwatosa Parade. Yeah. No, and see, again, that, that makes sense to me, and you do raise an interesting point. I mean, I've okay, th- there's a lot of businesses, for example, that are open today. And so if if you've got right, if you've got stuff that is cluttering up the streets or sidewalks or making it difficult, you've got all sorts of stuff along the curb, for example. So somebody parks, they've now got to climb over, you know, somebody's lawn chair or whatever to get into a business that you're like you say, they can hurt themselves. Bad weather can turn this into projectiles, and the businesses. It gets to a point where the businesses saying, "Hey, people can't get to our businesses. We're open. We're paying taxes. What's going on?" Exactly. Yeah. So, what is the rule in Wauwatosa now? Uh, you cannot leave unattended chairs, blankets, etc., on public thoroughfare um, overnight. Okay. Um, the gentleman who was talking about living on Ninety First and North Avenue. Right. If he puts his chair up on his own private property, that's that's perfectly right. fine. Sure. Uh, it's public thoroughfare, public sidewalks, right. that type of thing. Um, yeah. Six o'clock, five o'clock the next morning, four o'clock the next morning. If you come out there and park yourself with your chairs and that, right. that's fine. Your comment about one person coming out there and sitting down at five o'clock in the morning. Um, I've gone by there at four thirty in the morning on the fourth of July, and there are people already yeah. out there. Um, reading the newspaper yeah. or catching catching a few Z's before yeah. the parade starts. Yeah, that, I mean, th- that, that, I mean, I can't see under that. If I went through all that trouble to go out and at five o'clock in the morning and put the lawn chair out, I'm I'm probably with you. I I've got the radio along and I'm listening. Whatever, however you celebrate this, be responsible, be respectful to your neighbors, and enjoy yourself. It's nine fifty seven. This is Jeff Wagner. It's 10.09. This is Jeff Wagner. Jane, this is what we would call bad optics. Chris Christie, the governor of, of New Jersey. Did you see this story? Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, well, here, here's it, it's just bad optics, I guess would be it. The New Jersey is embroiled in the middle of, of one of these huge, um, 
the, the government has run out of money. It's one of these things where they had a deadline to get the budget done, didn't get the budget done, so now they've closed all these things. So on Friday, they closed the Island Beach State Park um, in, in New Jersey, Asbury Park, New Jersey. And so apparently this is a big popular, it's a 4th of July weekend, it's a big popular beach, and you know people go to the beach there. And the story is that, um, okay, so, so all these people are coming to go hang out on the beach over the 4th of July weekend. They get to the gate, and they're told, no, you, you can't go into the state park because it's closed with this budget thing. Um, Chris Christie, there's a governor's residence that is in this, this park. Right. Apparently, there's a governor's residence. So he and her, his family are spending the weekend in this residence, and so they're out on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the Christie family. They have this 10-mile like mile stretch of beach all to themselves. Bad optics? <laughs> He's the, he is the governor. Well, that's what he says. He says, it's not my fault. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm the governor, and this is, this is where the governor's residence is, and if you want to be able to use the beach, well, okay, you get to be governor. Um, <laughs> bad optics. <laughs> <laughs> and he also helicoptered there. Oh, did he? Uh, yeah. it's, you know, just just bad optics. I mean, the, the the to me, this is well. I mean, Chris Christie isn't going to get reelected again, and his political career is pretty much over. But um, to me, this is kind of his Mary Antoinette let him eat cake moment. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like, oh, come on, man. You know, it's it, go go to a pool. You know, just 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 go to a pool. Hmm. Bad optics. Yeah, yeah, it's bad optics. It's. Uh, New York, New Jersey State Police turning away one motor vehicle after another, one bicyclist after another, one pedestrian after another, all because the park is closed due to this budget dispute. But Chris Christie and his family kind of hang out there. It's just, you know, what are these people thinking? I mean, seriously, what these these politicians? And, and maybe it is. It's just, I'm the governor. I get to do this stuff. Well, okay, just because you can do something doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. All right, I want to share with you this story. Um, I've seen it reported on uh, Channel 12. Uh, by way of background, when, when I travel nowadays, I try to avoid renting a car I- if I can. Um, sometimes you just can't. I mean, a few years back, we went to the Super Bowl, and the airport was one place, and the hotel we were staying at is another, and the um, and the, the place where the game was being played, Cowboy Stadium, was 20 miles away. And so, and, and we wanted to see sites in Dallas and the Fort Worth area. So you needed a car to get around. So, you know, we, we rented a car then. But as a general rule, if I go to Las Vegas, um, I, I, you know, I don't rent a car. Cab, there's plenty of cabs. Cab to the airport, from the airport to the hotel. You got the monorail. If, for example, you want to take a day trip down to, you know, the Hoover Dam, well, they, they have rental car agencies right in the hotels. You can just rent it and bring it back. But I, I, as a general rule, if I can avoid renting a car, I, I try to. Um, one of the risks, though, that you take is that if you're going to use cabs, especially if you don't know the area, you're, you're always at a risk of getting ripped off because the, the cab, the meter is running. So, you know, after you've you know, been to Las Vegas a lot, for example, you kind of you sort of know. If you're going to take a cab, you know how much the cab ride should be between the MGM and downtown or, or whatever. You kind of understand if the cab driver is trying to take you for a ride or th- something like that. But that is always the risk you run when you're taking a cab. There's no certainty. I mean, the meter is going to be running constantly. One of the advantages of the ride-sharing services, Uber, Lyft, whatever, is there, there's no meter. I mean, it's just there is, there is one price. And you typically know in advance what that one price is going to be. Now, Uber...
has this policy of what they call surge pricing. What this means is in high demand times, they will they will charge you more. So um, I, New Year's Eve, that's when I remember we talked about this New Year's Eve last year or two years ago or whatever. This is one of the things you want to ride on Uber on New Year's Eve. You want somebody to pick you up, you know, at one o'clock in the morning. It is going to cost you more um, to get that ride at one o'clock in the morning um, on New Year's Eve than it would. I don't know if it was August 20th or or whatever, because it's all based on supply and demand. And what Uber says is, even with the surge pricing, we tell you up front how much it's going to be so you can then decide. And and yes, maybe you think it's a ripoff because we're charging you seven times more the typical route, but we're at least telling you this, and then you can decide. All right, here is the story as reported on Channel 12. For the thousands, and this is the way they write it, for the thousands of people who go to Summerfest, Uber is the official ride-sharing company. It's a service that this guy and his family used Wednesday night, as they regularly have in the past. $200 to get to the first stop, he said. We then asked if he could take us a couple more places. The driver said, no problem. He put it in the computer. I wake up the next morning with a fraud alert, fraud alert on the credit card. It was charged $898. The guy's wife couldn't believe the total. I thought he was joking. The guy says the upfront cost was $214 to an address on 55th Street in Milwaukee. They then added a stop on the east side and two in Brookfield. So they're, they're taking Uber, but they're not, they're not going directly home. They stop 55th Street in Milwaukee, then they stop on the east side, then they stop a couple other places in Brookfield. So they're, I don't know what they're doing, but they're kind of making a tour of places. In emails back and forth, Uber said the surge price was 8.6 times the normal cost and that upfront price is no longer relevant when stops are added. We thought they would negotiate because no one said anything, says the wife. When we contacted them, they said nothing. We can't do anything. Here is Uber's response. We have reviewed the trip. The fare you were charged is within our estimate for the trip from your pickup location to the destination. As a result, that fare was not adjusted. Family said they will no longer use the ride-hailing business. We could have rented a limo for the night and had room for other people and probably save money, which is probably correct. 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. So apparently what, what happens is they decide that they're going to they're, they're going to Uber um, from their home um, to or from Summerfest. What they end up doing, though, is they end up stopping um, at various locations. They're not going directly to their home. They start you know, stopping at different locations. And Uber says, oh, okay, well, the price we quote you is back and forth from one location, and all bets are off once you start having the driver take you all around town. Okay, 414-799-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I'm not, I've only used Uber once or twice, um, and, and that was in Las Vegas. Uber's got the surge pricing, 8.6 times the normal cost. Okay, that's because it's busy with Summerfest. But they also say once you start and stop, you know, it just all bets are off. So it goes from $212 to now almost $900. And Uber says that's because they made three or four stops along the way. Are these people getting ripped off? Um, do they have a point 
or is this one where Uber says, hey, it's expensive and you're the one that kept changing the the, the agreement? All right, 414-799-1620. Who's right? Who's wrong? I will tell you where I come down on this, but I'm curious at your reaction to this story. We're back to discuss next. If you're on the line, please hold on. Was this couple taken for a ride? It's 1017. 1020, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTM Joker. Our text line is exploding in this story. Sounds like buyer's remorse. Forget the $900. How is an Uber from Summerfest to a Milwaukee address still $200, even with surge pricing? Jeff and Fox Point says, I'm actually glad now I couldn't get an Uber from Summerfest on Saturday night. I wouldn't have had them drive me all over the place, but I may have been out $200. I ran into a good friend and neighbor who gave me a ride, and I didn't have to pay the 200 bucks. So, I mean, if you're just tuning in, here, here's what happens. Channel 12 has this story. Wednesday night, family um, wants to use Uber. Um, $200 is the price that they were quoted. That was the upfront price. Um, they added a stop on the east side. They added two in Brookfield. So they're essentially having the Uber driver drive them all over. Uh, surge price was 8.6 times the normal cost. And they say upfront price is no longer relevant when stops are added. They're screaming that they were ripped off. All right, were they? Mike in Hartford. Mike, you're first. Good morning. Morning, Jeff. Yeah, I actually drive Uber uh, about three days a week, and I've got about 700 rides in. And uh, what I think is being missed here is that upfront price is basically a fee that is based on the actual miles driven. And when they tacked on three, four, five more stops, all they did, in effect, was increase the mileage. And that $200 rate for the first set of mileage is nothing more than a multiple of how they got to 898. Right, so when so when they start to go, and again, they're, they're in this surge pricing thing, so it's like 8.6 times the regular. So when they decide we're going to have you drive from 55th Street out to Brookfield, that adds, that adds a lot more mileage, therefore a lot more cost. Correct, and it doesn't matter. I mean, once you get in that car in a surge area, that surge rate is applicable to wherever that car goes. It could even take you up to Green Bay, God forbid, and you would pay by the mile at that increased rate. So it's the fact that they extended that trip. If they would have put that ultimate distance in there right up front, they would have saw the 898 right on the front end. So here, okay, should should Uber have told them? Should the Uber driver or whoever should have told them, okay, just so you understand, the back and forth from, you know, this this is 200 bucks to get you to your house. If you have me drive you to Brookfield or you have me drive you back to the east side or whatever, that's going to jack up the price. Should they have been told that before, you know, should they have been told that? Uh, you know, as far as my relationship with doing this, uh, if people want to be taken from spot to spot to spot, the correct way to handle that is the rider is supposed to update the destination. Right. And then every time they do that, that new price is disclosed. Right. And, clear. Yeah, and so I don't know if that happened or not. I, I don't know. I can't tell from like the story. Didn't. And right. I would say the driver should have at least said, hey, look, you know, <laughs> right. you're going to end up paying five times what you thought you were because we're going five times as far. Right. Got it. Okay, thanks for the call. 414. Then that's 4147. I mean, the, the equivalent of that, I mean, the, the argument would be, that that's like, okay, that the cab 
if you decide you want to go from all right, you're in Las Vegas, you want to take the cab from you know the MGM Grand down to downtown, and then you say, okay, I, I want, all right, you get down there, hey, wait for me, keep the meter running, I'll be back in a few minutes, and then I, I want you to take me over here or there or wherever, that meter's going to be running, so whatever the original price is between the hotel and downtown, you're going to pay more. I mean, that's, I guess, now this is paying a lot more. Um, were these people ripped off? 414-799-1620 is the number. Uh, let's talk to Kevin in Oak Creek. Kevin, good morning. You're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. <clears throat> so um, I think, you know, some of this comes down to people make assumptions on services and what they pay for. Um, and some of it is is that when you're doing, using something like Uber, it's a point-to-point service. If you turn it into a limo service, mm-hmm. it's going to cost you like a limo service. Um you know, there's four or five different levels of Uber, so I don't know if they were using Uber X yeah. or Uber Select or even Uber Black or, you know, Uber SUV right. if it was a large group, because each one of those takes the price up, because I travel all over the country and use Uber to get around in cities right. like Washington, D.C. and Las Vegas. But, but you, don't blame, you don't blame Uber for this. You think this is kind of one where, you know, when they start adding on these various trips, it's their responsibility to figure this out. It should be I'm no different than if you were in a taxi cab and you asked right. the taxi cab driver to start to drive from point to point to point. And when you're doing that, as long as you're paying attention to your phone, your app is getting updated anyway. So right. um, yeah, okay. I think there was enough things that they should have seen. Okay, that. good enough. Thank, I mean, I, it's funny you use the analogy limo, and that's what I – when I was thinking about this, I was thinking it is kind of like you, you do turn – I mean, if you – if you rent a limo, it's been a long time since I've rented a limo, but normally you're renting that limo for the evening and you're paying the per hour charge or however they end up billing the thing. But, yeah, if you want to have the limo driver drive around, okay, you're, you're, you're paying for that, but you understand it, it is that they'll do whatever you want to do, but you're going to be paying more for it. Leroy in Milwaukee. Leroy, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Hey, how you doing, Jeff? Good. Okay, did these people get ripped off? No, they didn't. Uh, I am an Uber driver myself. And one, as soon as they ordered their ride, when it goes into surge pricing, Uber lets them know what the surge is and how much their first destination right. is going to cost. Right. When they start adding on, it tells them from the destination where they're at to the next destination what it's going to cost because they're still stuck in that surge. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because... Unless they stopped the complete ride, got out, and then said, okay, now we want to order again, and they were outside of the surge area, right. it's going to continue on that same surge one. Right. So you so, think they, no, they should have known, and they should have known about this. Oh, they knew. They knew. It's just they they figured that they were going to get all those trips for that one ride. They didn't pay attention to their app. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Well, and also it doesn't yeah. make sense to me because, like I say, if I – okay, I, I, I live – Okay, if I live in Fox Point and I, I hire a cab to take me from Summerfest up to Fox Point, and then I say, hey, you know, I've got a couple friends I want to go see in Mequon, obviously I'm going to pay more money. <laughs> you know, it, it, they're, they're, the cab is going to charge me more for from taking me up there. Okay, now thanks. Exactly. I, see, I actually, that's, I, I understand the story, 
Um, and, and I think reasonable people can have issues with Uber surge pricing. You know, I, I think you can say, hey, this, this is price gouging. You know, Uber says, hey, it's, 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 it's free market, it's supply and demand. And I'm, I'm a big supply and demand guy. That's one of the reasons why there's no way on New Year's Eve I would use Uber. You know, because, again, they're, they're charging you what I consider to be ridiculous rates. But they're, they're doing it, again, because there's huge demand. They get to do it. You as the consumer... I think then have an obligation, you know, buyer beware. In this particular case, does $900 sound absolutely ridiculous? It does, but again, buyer beware. You know, the fam- the headline says family charged $898 for Uber ride. It's really not an Uber ride. It's Uber rides. I mean, they had the Uber driver driving them all over the city under this surge pricing, and at, if they thought they were going to get it for 200 bucks, okay, that was naive in the extreme. This is one I just check it out. But I'm, I'm sorry they got hit with this, and maybe for a PR thing, Uber could cut the money. But the, the bottom line is I'm not too sympathetic to the family. you got to know what you're getting into. Gee, I, I, ordered, I ordered that expensive bottle of wine without checking, and then the bill came, and I found it was $200. I'm shocked. Well, okay. Buyer beware. It's 1028. This is Jeff Wagner. Ten thirty-five. Jeff Wagner, six twenty. WTMJ. Okay, Jay Mantner. I appreciate you set through the break, and I, I did a lot of times. Just for for people who are playing along at home, I, I just I, I will surprise you, and, and it's kind of like thanks, Jeff. Okay, what are you <laughs> going to ask me now? But 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 this one, I, I wanted to give you a couple minutes to think about. So you have had a long and storied career in in Milwaukee radio, and radio stations do promotions all, yes. all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the worst promotion that you were ever involved in? And worst can be, it just didn't work out, it was ill-conceived. What, what is, uh, in all your years, what is the worst one you ever been involved with? Okay, I would, I would call this the most uncomfortable one because there were, there were several worsts that I could give you, but we don't have enough time. Um, back in the 80s, I would say late 80s, um, our program director decided, because our adver- apparently our advertising budget we didn't have one. <laughs> so the entire air staff, and back in those days, a music station would have a six would have six people or seven people full-time, disc jockeys. She would have the entire air staff go hit a random bar downtown, and we had to walk up to people and introduce ourselves. Just at a random bar? Yeah. So I'm a 20-something-year-old guy out trying to, to meet a young lady for, you know, a, a lifetime commitment. Yeah. And you're just walking around and you're interrupting. In station shirts and, hi, I'm Jane, and I'm half of the morning show, and you should listen to us. <laughs> and, like, what? <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> I mean, and at least if you had, you could give them a pen, you know, at least have some kind of reward for letting me in, in, interrupt your conversation. You know what I'm saying? But no, there was, we didn't give them anything. We didn't. <laughs> just introduce yourself. It was just going, because you're like a politician and you want these people to vote for you by turning on your radio station. It's like, so, like it's 10 o'clock but I'm at, not a politician. It's 10 o'clock at night. I, I'm trying to. Meet some woman, and so you you come up and introduce yourself to me, and you're not going home with me. You're just no. you're just you know, that's it. Yes. Um, can, do you feel comfortable telling that Summerfest story you told me last week, or no? I'm trying to remember the, which the one, one on the was. bus. Oh, um, <clears throat> okay. Another time, <laughs> a decade or so later. Um, I love these stories. We, we also had a very limited advertising budget, so they didn't want they wouldn't pay for us to be on the grounds because to be on the Summerfest grounds costs money. 
So originally the idea was to force us to go up to people at the center gate and just introduce ourselves again. And I said, no, that's not happening. I did that once. (laughs) So the answer was, in conjunction with the freeway flyers, we would jump on board a bus, get everybody loaded on there. We would pay for their shuttle ride down to Summerfest. We would ride down to Summerfest with them and then give everybody on the bus tickets to get in. Which was huge, because for, at that moment, you're Oprah. You know, you right. have a whole bus full of people cheering for you. Um, but we did that at various times over the course of the day, and we did two runs. But the, these, aren't, these aren't listeners. These aren't like, these say, are WTMJ random, listeners, no. meet us at 2 o'clock. These no. are just... Random you just jump, So half of whom are probably from Chicago or whatever. More than half, I would say. <laughs> and again, the whole idea is to, you know, we like you. What a nice thing that you two did. We'll, we'll check out your show the next time. And, and again, I don't know how you measure... The success of something like that. <laughs> but you were skeptical. Now, the reason I asked, see, there, there's a reason, because there's good promotions, and there's bad promotions, and then there's just what were people thinking of. Now, there, there's, I think, I love the Brewers, okay? I, I do, I do. Um, I had just started my radio career, you know, and I, I, I was on the air at another radio station, opening day, April of 1997. I was on the air. I'm doing the show. And we're getting all these reports from, it was then County Stadium, about how things are out of control. Opening day, opening day, April of 1997. Do you know, Jane, what the promotion was? They, uh, they gave away baseballs. Oh, geez. <laughs> okay. Yes. So they gave yes. away baseballs. Okay, now just imagine. You know, you're, you're thinking about, and, and this was actually, it was kind of a, apparently they, they did it at all sorts of stadiums. But, okay, all right, opening day. So people start drinking. Now, this is County Stadium, so it's outdoors. People start drinking, oh, about 10 o'clock the night before. So you have an inordinate number of really drunk people. The brewers weren't particularly good. The weather is cold. And let's give everybody coming in. A, a projectile. What could go wrong? Jack? Let's give them something to throw. <laughs> and, and and then, so I mean, I'm on the air. We're getting all these reports about people injured because I mean, apparently, oh, you've got everybody who's there. They're drunk. Thousands and thousands of people are throwing baseballs and, onto the field, and people are getting hurt. Well, I don't, I don't know, but I mean, it might. But at one point in time, they had to stop the game, you know, and they're like, "It's raining baseballs." Right, right it's raining baseballs. <laughs> a player. I mean, it's, it's. But I mean, it's one of these things, and I'm not, I'm not condoning the bad behavior of the fans, but drunken people, you know, let's give them projectiles, <laughs> and, and then let's be surprised that they're going to throw them. Well, um, they. They they now discontinue. They don't give out baseballs anymore. They just they, there's, which is probably you know a wise thing. Yes. But again, I was just thinking. Okay, now actually, it's a long way of getting around to this because um, that was just a really bad idea. But of course, there's bad behavior. Did you see the story? What actually got me started on this about the umpire who got hit in the back of the head on Friday? Yeah, mm-hmm. because you know, they they don't give away baseballs, but as they sell baseball. I mean, and and I understand. I mean, they they you know you go to Miller Park. And they sell baseballs, and because you know, the kids want them as souvenirs. But hey, it's not, they're not—they're not like five bucks. I think no. they're like thirty dollars. Right, e- exactly. You know? you know, no, I mean, right. So people, you know, you can buy these as, as souvenirs, just like you can buy the little bats and you buy all the other stuff. Um, and so, some moron um, on the first baseline throws one of these things at the umpire, who when he's got his back turned, and and ends up, 
you know, hitting the guy in the hitting the umpire in the head. Now, thankfully, he he wasn't injured or anything. And now, the unfortunate thing is that now the Brewers say, I think they're not going to sell baseballs anymore at the stadium. Which is, uh, again, it's kind of an unfortunate thing. But what idiot? What idiot does this? I mean. Yeah, collect. Well, I mean, co- this is why we can't have nice things, you know. Yeah, I mean, um, so, you know, collect. Like again, collectively, I understand that you know you you don't give twenty thousand baseballs out to a bunch of drunks on opening day. I get that, but but again, now they can't sell baseball. Mil- and the, the the bigger point is Miller Park is starting to get kind of a reputation because this is the second incident. You remember a couple of weeks ago, there was the guy who in an effort to display his shortcomings, ran onto the field wearing nothing below the waist. Yes. You know, and started heading for the, the shortstop. So it's, which, so I guess there's this mindset, and, and maybe it's all alcohol-fueled, but if I've spent, like you said, $30 on a baseball, I'm not going to throw, I'm not throwing, I'm not throwing the baseball, period, right. at somebody. But, right. But that's it. And there's not enough liquor in the world. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to convince me to pull off my pants and run onto these, th- and 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 the world is better for that. Trust me about this. But there's just not enough liquor in the world that's going to have me running on the field. It just, I just don't get it, Jay. I, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> don't get Jeff. it. So there's bad promotions, and see, we managed to do this without. Now here at WTMJ, it's nothing but good promotions. But uh, bottom line is, uh, Joe West, who was the umpire, wasn't injured, but um, just. This crazy stuff. All right, political correctness hits Disneyland. Stick around. It's 1043. It's 1045. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. So glad to have you spending your July 3rd with me. Um, crowdfunding has become an avenue for economic development. The team at New Walkie dives into how it's become a new trend in their latest podcast, The Intersection of People and Place. It's up now on WTMJ.com and the WTMJ mobile app. When you're out there, uh, check out the Jeff Wagner Show podcast. I know a lot of people download it. All right. There is a story in the Journal Sentinel that I found to be very interesting, and I don't know that it, it really addresses what to me is the larger issue. Um, the headline in the story says, Visa shortage makes it hard for Wisconsin businesses to fill jobs. And you know, long, long, long story short, um, there's all these seasonal businesses like like carnival operators, you know, the people that go out and, you know, set up the tilt-a-whirls at various, you know, county fairs or church festivals or whatever. And, and what they're saying is that they can't get enough people to to fill the jobs. And so they're, they're not being able to set up as many rides, and the people they have working are, you know, working like 60, 70, 80 hours. And what they're saying is that the reason for this is, you know, historically, they have been able to bring in workers from overseas, mostly Mexico or South America, on these temporary visas, um, and, it, and it talks about some carnival opera, some carny operator that says, uh, you know, normally we, we have 42 foreign workers that we bring in and they work with us, you know, during the summer and then they go back to, you know, wherever they are. And a lot of the other operators, like in the Wisconsin Dells, this isn't as much of a problem because they bring kids in, they hire kids that are on student visas. But the, the upshot is um, what's happened is the number of these temporary visas has has been – has been capped. So 
there and the, the program that, that allowed you know expansions of these things has essentially you know it hasn't been renewed by Congress. So now you know you have these different businesses that say we rely on foreign labor and we, we don't have enough we, and, and we can't bring people in. So now we're we've got all these seasonal things and we're having problems. All right, I, I think there's an interesting larger issue. To me. It's not just the question of, gee, we need to bring in seasonal workers from Mexico and from, you know, South Africa or, you know, South Africa, you know, to, to, to staff these things. Okay, that's. And so the one issue is, you know, do you need to re-up the, the visa law so it makes it easier for being be able to bring people in on these temporary visas? Okay, I get that. The, the larger issue to me is, why is it? so hard for Wisconsin businesses to fill the, the, these jobs because, you know, we, we have, you know, unemployment is, is very, very low. But the unemployment rate, both in Wisconsin and nationwide, part of the reason it is un, part of the reason it is perhaps low is that you do have people who have dropped out of the job market. You also have an inordinate number of, of young people, you know, people who, you know, used to, you know, work at jobs during the summer who now have no interest in doing that, so they're not out there looking. Okay, 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, there are apparently jobs that are going begging, and, and these are these are the summer jobs. Like I say, it's the jobs... You know, showing up and and setting up the carnival rides—that's the example they're using. Or you know, you know, working, you know, handling admissions. The, these types of things. And, and what they're saying is, because there's not enough visas, you can't get enough people from overseas to come in and do these. To me, the bigger question is, what is going on in this country? Why is it that Americans, whether it's American teenagers or American college students who are, you know, on break for the summer, why is it that they're not willing to take these jobs? Because the truth of the matter is, you would think that we would not need to depend on people coming in for three or four months um, into this country to, to work to set up the carnivals or things like that, but obviously we do. So is this a lack of work ethic on the part of American youth? Um, are, does everybody who wants a job, particularly who wants some of these entry-level jobs, does everybody have them? Or is there something larger going on? 414-799-1620. Um, that is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. See, I think the fundamental problem, and I, I've talked about this before, isn't that there aren't jobs available, but it's that American teenagers and, for example, the college students, they just don't want to work at these jobs because they're not glamorous. They're probably maybe they're, they're they consider them to be beneath them. Maybe they consider them to be too menial. Maybe they consider them to be well. You know, I I don't want to travel around Wisconsin sending these different things up. I, I think that's the more interesting story than gee, you know, we're having trouble bringing people in from Mexico and South Africa. It's why do we really need to do it? And I guess the question becomes, if we do really follow through and continue to crack down on on immigration, are we going to be able to fill jobs that Americans, apparently in this particular situation, aren't willing to do? 
414-799-1620. What do you think is going on? We discuss next. It's 1052. This is Jeff Wagner. It's 1054, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. And I know the example I used, used was, first of all, like the, the, the carnivals, because that's what they talk about. But, I mean, it's also, for example, the story talks about how the state's restaurants struggling to fill openings. So, summer is a big time in the restaurant business because you have a lot of restaurants that open up patios. And so, I mean, I, can, I know several places that, all right, um, you know, you can actually double the size of the restaurant when you have the outdoor patios. And so you've got to hire more people. Um, story says state's restaurants are already struggling to fill openings problem that's made worse in the summer season employers say high school and college students who used to take these summer jobs now have other commitments such as organized sports or summer internships 414-799-1620 ted in west dallas ted good morning hi good morning uh thank you for taking my call i think this is just a fascinating topic um from my perspective i don't know if it's a desire not to work as much as i think they've as a generation, seem to have delayed um, that maturity level of you know working at that time. Mm-hmm. They are putting other interests in front of that, um, maybe not on purpose. But that's just how they seem to be raised. I think they want to accomplish other things before they start delving into a workforce. Right, um, and that seems to be, from my perspective, what what the driving issue is. is so now, by, by accomplish other things, you mean I, I want to go to, I want to go to, I want to take my tennis lessons, or I want to, you know, is that what you're talking about, like accomplish other things? Well, I think some of it is maybe just travel. Um, some of it is just uh, is, is experiencing more of that, uh, that growing up aspect or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever their, uh, uh, their interests are. I think they're putting those uh, developmental interests, you know, whatever mm-hmm. they are, hobby, sports, traveling, um, uh, those things, they're building that up more than I think people from my generation yeah. did or the generations previous where we had that desire to right. contribute more and work more. Right, and make uh, money and, more. No, good, no, then, make money, yeah. It's backwards. They're, they're, they're bettering themselves early, where, or not bettering, but they're putting those interests early, whereas some of us do that towards more towards retirement where we take those personal days or that personal time to develop those interests, hobbies, travel. Um, later in life, it almost seems flipped to me. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I actually, I, I understand what you're saying. I mean, I actually think it's sort of a larger point. I think there's, I think there's a lot of younger Americans, oh, the young people, they who just who don't want to do the, the kind of menial work. Don't who who don't want to take. I, I don't want to be a housekeeper. I don't want to. I don't want to go make beds and clean linens. And I I, I don't want to. I don't want to do that for for the summer and clean bathrooms. I mean, really, you want me to do that? Or gee, I I don't want to go and I I don't know. You know, bus tables at, at a restaurant. I I just that's that's kind of beneath me. And I, I think I think that there's sort of an attitude like that that's out there. And maybe it is kind of a generational thing because I see. I I just argue. I'm look. I'm not against going to the debate camps and, and going to the tennis clans camps and going to the soccer camps. I just think that there is this value to work and, and getting a work ethic and learning what it's like to be out in the real world. Um, let's talk to Andy in Oshkosh. Andy, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning, Jeff, and thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. I agree with the previous caller. This is a uh, very interesting topic, and we talk about it quite a bit. For 17 years, I've been in the service industry through, let's just say, a distributorship that we service bars, restaurants, and grocery stores and convenience stores. Okay. It is by far the slowest and hardest it has ever been to not only hire somebody, but somebody that wants to work and has the work ethic, where nowadays even some of the grocery stores I deal with, they're hiring retired people 
because they can depend on them, number one, showing up, right. and number two, doing what's asked of them without complaining. Or if they would get the high school kid going into college, there's so many restrictions on when they're able to work, right. it doesn't pay to even hire them. Right. And I, when I was a kid, I wanted something, I had to go out and find a job and go get it. I just think that this generation is getting things a lot more easier from their parents, mm-hmm. and the parents are allowing them to, while they're just a kid, let them let them live their lives, let them be a kid. Mm-hmm. Well, we were a lot more responsible for things that we had to get. Um, when's the last time you saw a teenage high school kid drive an old beater car or wear something <laughs> that wasn't named brand? Yeah, it's just not happening. Yeah, the uh, thank, thank, it's funny. I was talking to a friend of mine who has a, a teenage daughter, and. Um, they, they we were talking about tennis shoes or whatever. I guess I'm not even sure you call them tennis shoes anymore. But it's like they, they would never be caught dead in some pair of tennis shoes that didn't cost like 150 dollars. And I'm like, what? That's <laughs> really what? I mean, look, I'm I, but but that's it. It's it's all this type of brand stuff. No, I mean, I think again the, the story. I mean, the story, and I appreciate it. The story is they're cracking down on the number of visas, so that's providing these employers that are relying on uh, again. People coming in on these work, these temporary work visas to do these sort of lower level jobs. And I get that story. But to me, the real story is why aren't Americans willing to do that? Why, why aren't, you know, kids, why aren't college kids like during the summer saying, okay, we'll travel around the state. We'll, we'll help set these things up or the restaurants or, or whatever. That to me is the more interesting issue. And for everybody who does talk about the need to crack down on illegal immigration or get rid of all the people that are in this country illegally, it is fair to say, Who's going to do the, these various jobs? Because the evidence appears to be that a lot of uh, Americans, particularly younger Americans, they just think these jobs are beneath them. It's 11 o'clock. This is Jeff Wagner. It's 11.09. This is Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. So glad to have you with us. July 3rd. Hope everybody has a safe, Safe 4th of July holiday. Looking forward to it. I've got lots of plans. Well, i got lots of plans. Looking forward to the next couple of days. Um, I'm off tomorrow, of course, for the 4th of July, but back back at it, 8.30 on Wednesday. All right, this, in some respects, reminds me of the legal controversy that erupted a few years ago about Racine Kringle. Now, there, there's, there's a company that has the trademark to Racine Kringle. But there's a number of bakeries in Racine that make Kringle. You know, and, and Kringle is kind of a generic sort of thing. So if you are a bakery in Racine that's making Kringle, should you be allowed to say, we have Racine Kringle? And, and you know, there was a lawsuit, and it's, I, I forget actually how that turned out. And, I, and I, I've, over the years, I've, I've met the guy that has the trademark for that in his bakery, and um, I think I think he disagreed with the position I took on that, but that's we, we've gotten past that. But but it's that sort of thing. It's like, can you should you be able to trademark in some respects a generic term? You know, I mean, is does one bake should one bakery be able to own the concept of Racine Kringle if you're a bakery in Racine that's making you know Kringle? All right, so but but that's that's not what the interesting issue is. All right, Summerfest, and, and Channel 58 first reported this, and the Journal Sentinel picked up on it. Summerfest has apparently filed a lawsuit against um, Red Lobster. Now, let me just back into this. We are one of the partners of Summerfest. I love Summerfest. I, I just think it is a Milwaukee treasure. It is a regional treasure. I was there Saturday night, went to see... Um, the Zach Brown show, the main stage show with um, uh, my brother and my 
goddaughter, my niece, and uh, a friend of hers. It was kind of I, I got the tickets. It was a graduation present. We had just a, a tremendous time. Um, except for one story I might tell, but but I mean, it's <laughs> just a little bit, but it, through no fault of Summerfest or anything. Uh, but I will tell you, it's really kind of a tribute to Summerfest because Saturday night, and we got down there around five o'clock, the place was packed. I mean, it was, it was packed. I'm not ta- I'm not talking the Marcus Amphitheater. I'm ta- talking the whole grounds. I mean, I'm like, you know, you want to you, you want to go to get the um, fried eggplant, you're in line for 15 minutes. The beer lines at the like at Lakefront. 15 minutes. I mean, it was it was it was packed. It was packed. But at the same time, one of the things that Summerfest, one of the ways it's evolved is that there's, you know, it's just the way it's set up. It seems to me, even if you've got to wait in line, it's not as bad as it used to be. And I think that's because of more of the freestanding buildings and more of the restrooms and things like that. But I will tell you, I was just amazed because even though it was just packed, everybody was in a really good mood and, and people they just had fun. I mean, it was it was Saturday night, just an incredible, incredible success. And the truth is, if you don't like crowds, well, okay, there's times you can go down there. Um, Thursday afternoon, I'm, I'm going to go down with some friends. And, I mean, and I, I expect that that's not going to be as crowded as, you know, Saturday night when the Zach Brown Band is playing. But, it, but it's fine. There's different times. Love Summerfest. So, anyhow, with that being said, Summerfest has now sued Red Lobster. You know, Red Lobster. Red Lobster is, of course, the national seafood chain that, that sells moderately priced seafood with kind of it's sort of like you know you know denny's it, it's one of those type of things and i know there's some people it's like it's like um okay you go into olive garden for italian food red lobster for seafood you mean you get what you get so anyhow um red lobster apparently has a promotion that that they do for the summer and they call it lobster and shrimp Summerfest. That's a slogan being used in advertisements. Lobster and shrimp summer a Summerfest. You know, kind of like, I, I don't know, the, the one TV network that does Shark Week. You know, that's it. Lobster and shrimp Summerfest. Hey, it's summer. Let's have a party. Lobster and shrimp come to Red Lobster. According to the reports, Summerfest has sued Red Lobster for trademark infringement with this slogan. Apparently last year, Summerfest asked Red Lobster to stop their use of the slogan, and Red Lobster agreed, but they revived it this year. Summerfest believes that people will believe the restaurant is associated with the festival, and they're saying, hey, you know, we we want this to be removed, because they're arguing, hey, we, we sell corporate sponsorships. That That's that's how we're able to put on Summerfest because we have all these different sponsors and then these corporate sponsors get to use the name Summerfest as part of their promotion. And their concern is Red Lobster isn't a, a sponsor and their concern is that there is going to be confusion. And if Red Lobster advertises Lobster and Shrimp Summerfest, people are going to believe that they are somehow affiliated with us and there's going to be this confusion. And then what they're really concerned about is their brand and their trademark. They're going to start, they're concerned that everybody is going to start saying, hey, this is Summerfest, when it's really not the Summerfest, the event that's going down at the lakefront. And it's going to make it harder to sell corporate sponsors. So that's what Summerfest is there. They're trying to, they've got the, they've got the name Summerfest that is trademarked. All right. So if Red Lobster says, we've got a lobster and shrimp Summerfest, do you think, that that causes confusion. Do you think that that's going to make people believe that they are somehow affiliated 
with the summer fest that we know. 414-799-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Is this Red Lobster trying to essentially get away with something and um, trying to will really kind of bootstrap itself onto the great event that is Summerfest, or is Summerfest just kind of a concept that shouldn't be allowed to, at least in this context, have trademark protection? 414-799-1620, that is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, is this confusion? If you hear Red Lobster saying, hey, we're having a lobster and shrimp Summerfest, does that make you think that it is involved actually with the real Summerfest? 414-799-1620 is the number. We discuss next. It's 1116. This is Jeff Wagner. It's 1119. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Okay, Summerfest, as are many business operations, I mean, Summerfest is very, very protective of its trademark. I mean, companies that want to be associated with Summerfest, that they pay money to say, hey, we're the official whatever of Summerfest. And so, obviously, they don't want... They don't want there to be confusion, and they also don't want other companies to kind of bootstrap onto their, their name without, again, cutting rights deals. So Red Lobster is out, and Red Lobster this year is coming out with what they call the Lobster and Shrimp Summerfest. That's the slogan that they're using in advertisements. Summerfest is suing them in federal court, saying this is trademark infringement. You shouldn't be allowed to use the name Summerfest in connection with this. Jim in Milwaukee. Jim, you're first. Good morning. Uh, hey, good morning, Jeff. A happy fourth. Yes, sir. Same to you. Um, I, I'm. I work in Milwaukee. I live up in Jackson, and I, I wasn't confused at all. Red Lobster uses Shrimp Fest and Lobster Fest all year long. Uh, what about the person in New Hampshire or uh, New Mexico? And they want to call it Summerfest. They're not infringing on the trademark in, in those states. And as far as the confusion. They're not going to be confused because they probably don't even know about Summerfest. But anyway, I think it's a little far-reaching. I understand their need to protect the trademark, no question about it. But uh, what about these other states? Because they're promoting this uh, nationally, not just in Wisconsin. I well, well, no, right, they are. And of course, I mean, thanks. For, and of course, but but Summerfest would say, "Hey, we promote Summerfest. We promote Summerfest internationally." I mean, this is Summerfest is a trademark, and and they have been able to trademark the name Summerfest. I mean, so it is a trademark name. They have the the protection. Remember, Wisconsin, for example, they were. They, well, Disney is perhaps the best example of, of aggressively going after anybody who tries to use likenesses of trademarked or um, you know Disney type of stuff. But Wisconsin's been like that too. I mean, you try to imitate um, either the Bucky Badger logo or you try to use like the Wisconsin logo, the W that they have. That particular W is, is trademarked, and so what they're going to do is if they if they see somebody that's remember there was a situation where like a college a high school team was had a floor a basketball floor that was very similar to that W they will go after them four one four seven nine nine one six twenty is this promoting confusion um, should Red Lobster a, again be allowed to call their event Summerfest now they're not calling it Lobster Fest. They're not calling it Shrimp Fest, which to me, I don't think that you could, I don't think that you'd be allowed to, to trademark those terms in the first place. But is it a possibility that there is confusion? Let's talk to Howard in Glendale. Howard, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Hi, just said good morning. I, my comment was not 
don't call it summer fest. Call it summer feast. You call it summer feast, and there's no problem. I, I yeah, you know, it, makes, it makes more sense to me. Um, do you, although I'm not, a, I'm not, I don't go to lobster. I don't. Right, <laughs> right, right. Do you think? Do you think that this, by calling it summer fest, it could create some confusion that make people think that this is actually somehow tied in with the summer fest going on in the lakefront? I just think that's lining the pockets of the lawyers. <laughs> Got it. Thanks for the call. 414-799-1620. Let's talk to uh, Marty in Neshota. Marty, you're on 620 WTMJ. Hello. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Okay. Is this a frivolous lawsuit, or do they have a point? Well, I'm not, I can't really speak to the lawsuit part, but I can tell you that I was at Summerfest last night with a friend of mine, Jean, and she was looking for this Red Lobster advertised this special uh-huh. <laughs> because of the Summerfest uh, tag to it. I was like, what are you talking about? So maybe for some it is a little confusing. Right. No, I mean, so, I mean, I, she thought, hey, I'm down at Summerfest. I've been seeing all this advertising, the, the shrimp and lobster Summerfest. I'm here. Where is Red Lobster? Where is it? Exactly. Um, no, I, okay, thanks. See, I don't, well, let me take a couple more calls and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you where I come down on this. Jeff in West Bend. Jeff, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Good morning. Um, yeah, they should def- definitely not be able to use that because um, I was actually going to say the same thing of, you know, like summer feast instead of fest. But just to give you an example, is I run a, uh, a small DJ uh, business, and uh, the business name is DJ Express. Well, then somebody else started their own DJ business that was a com- uh, competitor of mine and called themselves Express DJ. Now, right. when you go on the computer on Google... You hit DJ uh, right. Express or Express DJ. Either way, they, they pop up, and my customers were getting confused. Right, and, and it, yeah, that can cause a problem, and they they should definitely not be able to use it. I don't blame Summerfest for that at all. This is a big thing for Summerfest themselves, and somebody else is trying to hone in on their name and, and use it for their benefit. And uh, yeah, it's wrong. Um, thanks for calling. You know, and, and again, I mean, here's. Okay, trade. Okay, Summerfest has trademarked the, the name Summerfest. Um, trademark infringement is when somebody uses uses the trademark in a way that is likely to cause confusion, deception, or mistake about the source of the goods or services. So that the question becomes: when you use a term like that, um, is, is it likely to cause um, confusion? Um, so that's it. I mean, now I've got on our text line, somebody says, how can someone um, sue over generic terms, like words like summer and fest? Of course, they're not suing over summer and fest. It's summer fest together. Um, that's like Taco Bell suing local pubs for having Taco Tuesday. Um, no, but you could, but if you had Taco Bell Tuesday, you know, that, that would be a, a different story. Let's talk to Edward in Milwaukee. Edward, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me. Sure. Hey, I, I think that Summerfest should thank Red Lobster for all of the free publicity and advertisement for them. You think that Summerfest actually benefits from all the attention it's getting? Definitely, and they're not paying for it. No, they're Red not paying. Right, right. I, I guess, I, think, I mean, the, the flip side, I mean, thanks to the flip side is, though, Summerfest has all sorts of money tied up into this trademark, and they have to protect the trademark. And so maybe if they didn't care about the Red Lobster issue, what if, what if everybody else starts saying, okay, we're going to call, we're going to call this, hey, 
at Hondo's Tavern. It's going to be, you know, Hondo's, the Hondo Tap Summerfest. And at some point in time, does there create confusion or do you lose the right to hold, you know, your brand? Um, Joe in Germantown. Joe, you're on 620 WTMJ. Hey, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Uh, Chantry in Tulsa had a cheeseburger in paradise, and uh, guess who sued him saying you can't use that name? My guy, Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> they did. They actually have it uh, framed on the wall. And their attorney saying, you know, Jimmy Buffett said we can't use cheeseburger in paradise. Yeah, there there was matter of fact I'm I'm reading this this new book about Jimmy Buffett like, as if I haven't read enough of them and there's um back when the like Jimmy Buffett has the Margaritaville thing and back when they started Margaritaville there were these other businesses that came then came out including one of the national brands who I'm forgetting right now who wanted to you know call their restaurants Margaritaville and the question was you know is there is there a conflict and think actually the court sided with Buffett saying hey you're that that's associated with your song you know that's there is confusion people are going to think that you're associated with this restaurant so no i mean there i guess here's where i come down on this um i think summerfest has to do this stuff to protect their their trademark and i do think and we've had a couple calls here i, I do think that there is there is some confusion um red lobster could call it summer feast red lobster could call it a lot of other things all right my prediction is my prediction, you can go broke trying to predict what courts do. My prediction is there's some merit to this particular lawsuit. It's 1127. This is Jeff Wagner. Eleven twenty nine, Jeff Wagner, six twenty. WKMR text line just exploded. Um, let's see, everyone wants to be lawyers. I think it's great. Um, let's see. Brian writes, I think if it was worded Summerfest lobster and shrimp, it could be deceiving. I think the order of the words uh, makes a difference. Jeremy in Sheboygan says, if Summerfest paid for a trademark in its name, they should have the right to protect the trademark. If Red Lobster didn't pay for the right to use the name, um, and it didn't. Jim says, that's why Maguanago uses Summerfest, S-U-M-M-E-R-F-E-S-T-E, for its fair. Um, let's see. On our text line, Jeff, Summer Summerfest should lighten up. Red Lobster is a national chain, um, whereas Summerfest is less than a 15-day run. But the, the ultimate test is, is it confusing? You know, and this would this cause reasonable people. And it, you look at kind of small things because the ads, for example, for Red Lobster, it's Lobster, capital L, Shrimp, capital L, and Summerfest, capital S. Um, if it was a small, if it was a small case S, you know, would that avoid the the whole problem? Because by using the the capital S, you're you're sort of naming it. It's going to be interesting to see how this play has out. I actually don't think it's a frivolous lawsuit. I think Red Lobster probably didn't think it was a frivolous threat either because they backed off this last year. Um, now they're back. All right, coming up in just a couple minutes. All right, it is the 4th of July. You want to be listening to me because I want to try to save you from getting a $1,000 fine. We will discuss. Stick around. It's 11.36, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. I, I do have an advice to especially some young people who go down to Summerfest. You, the, the phrase for Jimmy Buffett fans is you got to be careful not to peak, P-E-A-K, too early. Um, as opposed to P-E-E-K. Don't peak early either. But it, it's, I've, I've noticed this a lot. I go to these Buffett concerts, and, and what, what they get for a lot of these concerts nowadays, it's, it's stupid money to pay for the tickets, especially if you want good seats. And it, it's always amazing to me. You're walking around before the concert, and you know there's all sorts of stuff going on in the parking lot or whatever, and you have people who are just passed out drunk. And you kind of want to say, 
you know, look, if if you want to go get passed out drunk, that that's fine. But you, you can stay at home and you can do that, and you don't drop like one hundred and fifty or two hundred dollars on a ticket. I had, okay, Zach Brown. I had a great time at Summerfest, and I had really really good seats. And I said, I, I got I, my brother and my niece and, and one of her friends, and we were really good seats, and we were like two in from the aisle, and so this younger couple come, comes over and they sit down. And actually, they were very polite. Hi, sir. How you doing? Guy kept calling me sir. Well, I, I I did notice he's carrying two beers. He's got so he got two beers in his hand. You know, and I'm talking to him a little bit, and then he pounds back those two beers, and then he goes. He's gone for a few minutes, then he comes back with another two beers. Then he takes off his shirt. So okay, well, he's got the shirt off. He's pounding back the beers. So now, okay, so that's four in this, and and we got really good seats. These these are really good seats. These are. And and I get a little bit spoiled because since I'm willing to pay more for for seats and stuff, you know. I but this is I'm kind of looking at these guys, and I, again, you can't judge a book by the cover. But I'm thinking that they probably typically aren't in seats like this. But and, and the the gal, I don't know if it's wife or his girlfriend, she's not drinking, but she's watching him drink. So I see four in the space of like 20 minutes, and then then he disappears again, and he comes back, and he's got two more beers. So it's at intermission, and I decide I, I've just I've got to get up to use the bathroom. So I, I get up and I start this kind of like walking, walking over, you know, because they're 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 on the aisle. I got to cross over them, and the guy tries to stand up with the emphasis on tries to stand up to to let me out, and he's not able to stand up. He stands up to try to let me out, and then he kind of goes over backwards to the point that. His girlfriend slash wife, she's grabbed him. I've grabbed him because otherwise he's going over, and we were in the folding chairs. Otherwise, he's going over the folding chairs into the aisle but behind us. And, you know, she says, I'm sorry. He's really, really drunk. I, I can't, you know, I, we, I, I can't pick him up myself. <laughs> so I'm pulling on this guy. She's pulling on this guy. The two people behind us then kind of push on him, and ultimately they, they get him seated down. And I was thinking, you know, you're obviously a fan of this band. And I, I've got, believe me, I, I'm all in favor of having a good time. But I'm thinking you're obviously a huge fan of this band. You have obviously dropped a lot of money to enjoy this particular show. And the truth is, you're not going to remember a, a thing. So, you know, where does this story end? And I, I, I also admit that, again, this guy wasn't a nasty drunk. He wasn't a mean drunk. He wasn't a sloppy drunk, other than the fact that he now can't stand up. But I am sitting there thinking, okay. Normally, the progression is when you have somebody that's disintoxicated, they're, they're partying, and then they're, they can't stand up. And then what happens next? Yes, they start to throw up. And that, that, that's my fear. It, it's okay. I, 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 just, I, I don't want this guy vomiting. <laughs> that's kinda, I don't mean to be blunt, but that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, okay, I, I, just, I don't want this guy throwing up. Now, thankfully, the, the, the woman... And this is why us men need you women a lot. That she she kind of steered him out of there. I, I don't know what happened, but after like right after the intermission, she kind of like took him and they, they went off together and they never came back. So I just but it was like, all right, I, I really feel bad for the guy because he seemed like a nice young man and he was clearly a huge fan of the Zach Brown band and he had these great tickets that he's never gonna get again probably, and he's not gonna remember not only is he gonna wake up tomorrow with a monster hangover, but he's not even gonna remember the show and <laughs> he's not gonna remember a, a thing. So I mean, enjoy yourself, but enjoy yourself in moderation. All right, speaking of which, I am not channeling Clark Howard here, but 
let me try to save you some money. And now we're going to have a discussion about whether this is good in a minute. But the flaw on fireworks, and this is the big weekend for fireworks, all those fireworks stands that you see in Racine and Kenosha County along the freeway, they, they're open all year, essentially, but they make all their money. They make all their money in a two- or three-day period and or a week period right around now because 4th of July is when people buy fireworks. Now, you can walk into a lot of these fireworks, the tents, again, the big, the, the Quonset huts, the stores all along the freeway, and you can buy fireworks. And you can think, well, gee, if they're legally selling the fireworks, that means I should be able to shoot them off. Well, the answer is no, 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 because... The law on fireworks in the state of Wisconsin is an absolute mess. But the bottom line is each municipality typically has their own rules with regard to fireworks. So just because you buy something legally at a store in Kenosha and just because you buy a permit, because a lot of times they sell these with permits, that permit is only good for that little area in Kenosha where you are. That permit doesn't mean jack if you come to, for example, the Milwaukee County suburbs. In, in, in the city of Milwaukee and in many suburbs, and so that's why I always advise people, if you're thinking about shooting off fireworks, what you really need to do is you need to check with your local municipality to see what the ordinances are. In the city of Milwaukee and in many of the surrounding communities, fireworks are illegal. Even if fireworks are illegal to use, even if you legally purchase them somewhere like in Racine or Kenosha, as a general rule in the city of Milwaukee, if it smokes, if it explodes, or if it sparkles, it is illegal. And if you get caught, there is a fine of not less than $500 or up to $1,000 for an adult who uses or consents to the use of fireworks by a minor. So there, there's nasty penalties that are out there. And whenever we talk about that, there's this justification because, uh, again, fireworks, especially in urban areas, can cause can cause all sorts of problems. So you got people shooting off bottle rockets. They end up at somebody else's house. The house burns down. There's those types of, of things. Or people are playing around with M80s or whatever. They blow off and they blow off their thumbs. Okay, I, I understand all that. I will say this. Now, I, I'm, what we're going to talk about now is what the law should be, not what the law is. If you noticed my description, um, if it emits smoke, if it flies, if it explodes, or if it sparkles, it is considered illegal. I want to talk about sparklers. I understand that sparklers are really, really hot. Okay, I, I get it. And I understand if a kid, for example, grabs a, a lit sparkler, they're going to end up in the, the emergency room. I also understand that, you know, sparklers, um, you know, can can be flam- flammable. I mean, if you take a sparkler and you put it on your shirt, you know, it, it could ignite your shirt. That would be a bad thing. In Wisconsin, or at least in, in Milwaukee and in many of the surrounding communities, sparklers are illegal. Okay, our numbers are four one. Our number is four one four seven nine nine one six twenty, which is the Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, I admit I am of a different age. 
I grew up when we still played with lawn darts, you know, jarts where you'd, you know, if, if you're not familiar with that, the Consumer Product Safety Commission has done away with them. But they're essentially, they were big, like, darts that you would throw kind of like horseshoes. You'd throw them at a plastic ring. And somehow, my brother and I managed to survive the, the era of lawn darts. We also managed to survive the era of, of sparklers. And I will go to events, including events where there are kids, and, and I admit that, that there are sparklers to be had. Now, the recommendation is that kids under the age of 10 shouldn't use sparklers unless there is adult supervision. And I, I completely and totally uh, agree with that. You know, if you have a six-year-old and you give them a sparkler and you're not watching them, you're an idiot. There's no way around it. If you have a six-year-old and you give him a sparkler and a cigarette lighter or you have a bonfire and you let him light him and, and you go away and don't watch him, you are a complete and total idiot. But having said that, do we need to make it illegal to have sparklers, you know, in a private backyard? If you're having a Fourth of July party and there's a bunch of adults and you've got a handful of kids and the adults, I was at a party a couple of years ago, not going to say where. Because I don't know if in the community I was in, I don't know for sure whether they are legal or not. Or I've done, I don't want to give up the people. But there was a, a bunch of kids, eight and younger. And it was a grandpa. And grandpa, the deal was, grandpa was there. They had these sparklers. The kids would come up. Grandpa would light the sparkler or another adult. And the kids would kind of run around playing with the sparkler. The sparkler would die out. They would bring it back to Grandpa, put it on the picnic table. And if they wanted, Grandpa would give them uh, another sparkler. So there was adult supervision. 414-799-1620, that is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Should sparklers be against the law? 414-799-1620. We've only got a couple minutes, but I'm curious where you come down on this. Actually... I think it is silly to allow people to, I don't think kids should do it without supervision. But you know what? If you've got some teenagers or, you know, you've got a bunch of adults that are sitting in the backyard having a party on the 4th of July and they want to watch the kids while they play with sparklers, I think they should be able to do it. And I understand if somebody's running with the sparklers and they fall, they could get hurt. But you know what? If somebody's running with scissors, they could fall and get hurt. And if somebody's running, they could trip and fall and get hurt as well. 414-799-1620. We discuss next. It's 1147. This is Jeff Wagner. It's 1149, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Okay, I want to be real careful. I don't want to be misunderstood. In many, many, many communities, starting with the city of Milwaukee and a lot of the surrounding suburbs, um, fireworks in general are illegal. That includes sparklers. So if you're thinking about using sparklers and you're worried about these fines, you want to check the local ordinance. All right? Having said that, I'm all about safety. But at the same time, I, I think we're becoming a nanny state, especially when it comes to sparklers. Now, they estimated last year there were about 900 emergency room visits across the country related to sparklers. Almost half of those injuries were children aged zero to four. All right. If you're given a two-year-old a sparkler, you, you've got all sorts of, of issues that are there. But but in general, I think, again, with a proper, appropriate adult supervision, I understand why we're banning bottle rockets and things like that, but really, sparklers, 
Let's talk to Mike in Milwaukee. Mike, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Yeah, uh, good morning. Thanks for having me. Sure. Uh, it's, it's funny because we just had sparklers yesterday at, uh, at a Triple uh, I Country Club. We were members. And uh, all these kids are around, and you're, you're handing them out, and you got to think to yourself, well, is there a liability in handing them out? <laughs> all the parents walked over. We sat around and talked and said, all right, these are the rules. You know, if the parents are there. It's cool. But if they're not, it's well, not yeah. cool because these kids will poke an eye out, they'll sure. burn a foot, they'll drop it on a, on a on your, sure. your uh, beach towel or whatever you have for a blanket. Sure. You've got problems. But supervision, yes. Right. And what about adults? I mean, seriously, if, if I'm – okay, if tomorrow night I'm at a party and – um, let, let's take the kids out of it. I mean, I, I'm still a big kind of kid at heart. And if a bunch of us want to, you know, have sparklers for whatever reason to take us back to our, our days as kids, I mean, all right, there, there's all sorts of things that I could do that would be dangerous. And I get it that if I grab the sparkler, I'm going to burn myself. But if I, you know, stick my hand, if I have, if I stick my head in the oven or I stick my hand in the fire, I'm going to burn myself. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there's a consequence if you're careless, of course. Well, right, right, exactly, and that's the that that's the thing. Now, I understand. For example, if you want to, if you want to ban sparklers, like in public parks, okay. I, I, I mean, I, I do understand it. Okay, like, all right, let's say, down at, okay, down at the lakefront tonight, now Veterans Park, you've got just a, a ton of people that are there, and so the the idea that people are going to be lighting things off and they're going to have these sparklers and everybody's in close proximity. I mean, I understand why. That is perhaps a bad idea, but at the same time, you know, if you, you know, if you've got some people over in your backyard, and again, it's a party, you're watching the kids, and you want to, you want to allow your kids to run with sparklers, and I understand they could trip and fall. I, I get it, but you know, at the same time, we're we're trying to bubble wrap everybody. Let's see on our text line: sparklers are one of the few things that kids enjoy that doesn't have Wi-Fi and gets them outside for a change. I'm all for them. Um, Nathan texts, sparklers should only be illegal for stupid people. Well, okay, I mean, the, the truth is, I mean, I understand bad stuff can happen, and there, there's the potential for that, but, you know, you're going to allow kids to run around anyways. You just, it, you need, you need to watch them, and to me, this is a ban, this is, it's always just been one of my pet peeves, because I think it goes it goes way too far. And again, you, you, you talk, it's the nanny state. You know, people say, well, Jeff, don't you realize if you don't do this, you know, you're going to be talking about carnage and things like that. Well, no, you're talking about sparklers. And yes, I appreciate that some kids going to get hurt. But the truth is, kids are going to get hurt doing all sorts of things. That's why they need to be supervised. And sometimes, unfortunately, there's going to be bad, you know, bad injuries. But really, are sparklers that much of a danger? Now, that's me talking. Just understand, I mean, the powers that be, there's ordinances against them. And like I say, in Milwaukee, city of Milwaukee, nasty, nasty fine. Now, I don't know how aggressively they enforce it, given the fact that we have people getting shot and carjacked all the time. I, I don't know how aggressively they enforce it. But, you know, just be aware, many, many communities, um, it is, sparklers are, in fact, outlawed. So proceed carefully. And lawn darts, can't buy them anymore. Can't buy jarts anymore because... Well, just because. 